0: they can't go Hi folks, I am Alan Ward and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 19th of April 2013. I always suggest that newcomers look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com to understand the system we're living through. A system, a very old system actually devised over a, a hundred years ago and how basically private foundations owned by the top bankers of the planet were set up to be a parallel government. They set up their own think tanks too and they work all the facets of society and advise uh, governments on what to do in various policies and so on, including military policies. Every policy you can imagine is run by private think tanks, all related to these foundations which are run by private corporations, basically and businesses and private uh, private people. And they decided to take the world over a long time ago, bring it into this new global society, and depopulate to at the same time for the new system, uh, gradually. And, uh, and of course, even now they're talking about ramping that up to rapid depopulation. So. I've I've read the articles on the air from the official sources, and uh, these guys are official sites up there by the bigwigs themselves. So help yourself tell the data I've collected over that and where it's supposed to go from here. And believe you me, we'll go through a lot of chaos as they bring in the last stages of the globalization process. In fact, they must bring in chaos to make excuses to bind us even closer together, especially financially and so on, as well as governmentally as well. Remember two, you're the audience that bring me to you. <clears throat> you. Help me keep going by buying the books and discs at com. And remember from the USD Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders or paypal across the world western union moneygram and paypal and straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through these uh, inflationary times which of course is part of the whole agenda too before they bring in new currencies or before they do uh, amalgamations of current currencies they always devalue it and then the time the new currency came out it's worth half of what your old one was that standard routine uh, over centuries in fact and we truly are living through a massive plan because, as I said before, the Royal Institute of International Affairs were the boys who, who fronted and still front as the main organization of these big international bankers to the public. And they set up the foundations themselves. They run media. Uh, they run the Council on Foreign Relations across the world, not just in the U.S., And they even uh, put their own guys in as presidents and prime ministers And their own private historian for their archives admitted to that in his books So there's nothing really hidden about it all It's just that the mainstream does make a big deal out of it And your politicians will never mention it Because they're all generally members of the same organisation So technically, democracy as you know it has been a red herring It's a bit of a, a placebo and it keeps you quiet and content thinking you have a say in things, and government leaders looking after you. But meanwhile, they're going to, through these agendas set out by private private foundations They really run everything from the green parties, uh, sustainability, global warming, all the new taxes and carbon taxes that are coming in, to amalgamations of trade across the planet. They run the whole system. And also, what I want to mention too that um, with all the chaos that's going on today, uh, especially in the US right now, is meant to radically alter the way that everyone looks at the new system. When 9-11 happened, we were told life will never be the same again. And, of course, the the, the lesson from this one is that uh, that's reinforced, basically reinforced that life will never be the same again. You can't have freedoms, they say, uh, for security. You've got to give them all up. They, they mean all of them up. And, of course, also with c getting past and all the rest of it, they'll go even further now, saying, see, we can't trust anyone. You can't even trust yourself. We have to monitor every single one of you and see how you're doing. Back with more after this. So we back cutting through the matrix and talking about the big system and where it's supposed to go. Well, we all know where it's supposed to go, of course. And I've mentioned this over many years. And folk really should use good make good use of the archive section of cuttingthroughmatrix.com because we go through all of the things that have to come about to make uh, the big global society come into its complete powerful position as supposed to emerge as. And also to uh, that they'd have to create crisis after crisis, financial crisis, uh, even, again, terrorist crises and so on, to make this all work for them, to make, give them the excuses to, to do what they want to do. They never let a good crisis go to waste. They keep telling us that themselves. And, uh, and I think that's just the way it's going to be from now on. See, nothing will ever be the same again. And I'm sure everyone's been glued to their televisions. I don't watch TV, but of course I get the links sent to me and so on of uh, what's happening. And I suppose that they've killed one guy who was possibly Serbian or or, or Chechen even. And uh, and his brother saw him there loose, I think, I sort have called him now. But um, do we even know that these guys did it or not? Or were they set up? We'll never really know. We never really, really know. And we, we, were these the first guys that they thought of, or did the, the first one fall through? Um, again, we simply don't know, because they will make hay out of whatever comes out as official story eventually. And many folk uh, will definitely benefit from all of this kind of stuff. Even today I was reading an article about a new book that came out on terrorism and how the terrorist businesses, or terrorism businesses, all the guys who are... Uh, private securities and so on all setting up for this kind of stuff are making, making a killing, a massive fortune out of all the anti-terrorism that they're pushing and so on and see how essential they all are. So lots of folk benefit out of this so-called terrorism. And there's so many private agencies around now, you can't even count them all today. Uh, if we get grants from the government now, big, big money involved. And they also advise governments again. Now, it's interesting, too, how many things get rammed through at the same time when we're all busy with something else. It says, U.S. is to finalize a $10 billion arms sale to Middle East Ar- or Middle East allies, that's Israel, I guess, and Saudi Arabia, amid Iran threat, it says, the New York Times reports. And this article is actually from uh, Israel, and it says here that... Um, It's expected to finalise an agreement next week which will provide £10 billion worth of weapons to allies in the Middle East, including Israel, in an effort to bolster defences against Iran. The arms deal is designed to beef up the military capabilities of Israel, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, and is the second in scope only to the £29.5 billion sale of the F-15 fighter jets to Saudis announced in 2010. In agreements reported by the Times, Israel is authorised to buy new refuelling tanker planes that will increase the country's strike range and ability to reach Iran, and new missiles designed to target air defence radars and aircraft for transporting troops, and so on. Plus, it will mark the first sale of the V-22 Osprey to a foreign military. War's great business, isn't it, for the same characters that run, run them down through the ages. Great business. Now, of course, the taxpayer is going to pay for all of this, as you well know. It says during uh, his upcoming visit to Israel in the Middle East, U.S. Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel will work to seal the agreements which have been negotiated in secret for the past year, the Times reported. And Hagel's visit comes in the heels of the trips by U.S. President Barack Obama and U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry to Israel. Obama promised to augment security assistance and provide advanced military technology to Israel, the Times said. It's amazing that because I just read recently uh, how high-tech Israel is. They've got some of the most high-tech uh, uh, factories and businesses in the world over there that's raking a lot of money, billions and billions. So it makes you wonder why they can't afford to buy the stuff themselves. Uh, and so they won't, obviously. I mean, the U.S. tax people end up uh, funding this as well. know. it always happens that way. Also, too, with all this stuff about ricin and anthrax and all the rest of it, I'm going to put an article up again, which I put up back in 2012 to show you it's, it's getting more common, <laughs> anthrax itself. This it is anthrax is related to contamination or contaminated heroin supplies. That was 2012. Recent deaths of confirmed cases of anthrax in IDU Blackpool was confirmed recently in Lanarkshire Lang- uh, and it follows five cases reported in the previous two months in Europe, three in Germany, one in Denmark, one in France. It's thought the cases are due to exposure to heroin contaminated with the the bacillus anthracis, it says here. So, there you go. I mean, how's that all getting in there? got a grudge against the dope, guys, you know. Also, again, I'll put up um, two or three other articles, one per, from Perspectives as well, about the U.S. arms deal with Israel and so on. For those who are, want to try and keep tabs of all the things that are happening fast right now. Also, um, it says here a Republican senator suggested Friday that the immigration status of two suspects allegedly involved in this week's deadly bombings in Boston might force lawmakers to rethink months of negotiations of how to overhaul the nation's immigration laws, it says. Speaking at the start of the first Senate Judiciary Committee... Hearing that began as a manhunt manhunt continued in Boston, Senator Charles E. Grassley accused Democrats of rushing consideration of a bipartisan immigration bill unveiled this week and urged careful deliberations given the events of this week. Well, we don't know yet uh, the immigration status of the people who have terrorised the communities in Massachusetts. When we find out it will help shed light on the weaknesses of the system, Grassley said. How can individuals evade authorities and plan such attacks on our soil? How can we beef up security checks on people who wish to enter the U.S.? And how do we ensure that people who wish to do us harm are not eligible for benefits under the immigration laws, including this new bill before us? So uh, I'll put this one up, too, for those who are interested in following that as well. Plus, as everyone knows, too, they're, doing a, they're calling it a, a dragnet, door-to-door dragnet for Boston Marathon's bombing suspect, the one that supposedly is still alive and then again they set up the pictures as well as you all know they've set up so many different pictures of suspects but this is the latest one uh, of, of these two brothers when I'm dead it says Marathon Killer pictured walking calmly away from the scene of the horror and the new, new image shows suspect seconds after his bomb went off uh, and so on now getting back to all the other things that are happening at the same time uh, we're getting new normals all over the place and uh, as I said before uh, they're going for the banks just like they did with Cyprus and this, there's an editorial about the Grand Theft Cyprus is called and it says here that uh, Butch Cassidy became a household name in 1889 after he galloped off with a $20,000 unauthorized withdrawal from the San Miguel Valley Bank in Clarice, Colorado and today's dollars are around to about $500,000 because of, of inflation yeah. Modern thieves rely on stolen passwords and wire transfers to make bigger scores, such as the trio who were close to pilfering $300 million from the Sumitomo Bank in London before they were caught. These bank robbers were thinking small, since the government of Cyprus was thinking big and pulled off a $5.5 billion heist. As part of a bailout deal with the European Union leaders, Cyprus helped itself to 40% of all bank accounts greater than $130,000. So it shocked and dismayed the public and private investors who couldn't move fast enough and their assets were frozen. Before that, the small Mediterranean islands financial institutions were highly rated and attracted deposits from all over the world. The Banker magazine said the Bank of Cyprus was one of only 18 financial institutions in the world which were worthy of a AAA score. But something was rotten in Denmark and particularly in Nicosia. And by the way, they've got bombs going off, I think, in different places now too, I guess from people who are rather ticked off at being robbed over in those banks. International appraised marked balance sheets overflowing with debt. The banks were overextended and saddled with portfolios of poor investments. They asked for the modern miracle cure, which is a bailout to prevent bank runs and stop panic from spreading to the rest of Europe. Rather than allowing banks to proceed into an orderly bankruptcy, where debts could be restructured or purchased by other institutions, the Eurocrats protected the men and women who made the bad decisions, and so it was better to loot the accounts of the customers. Well, this is to be, as I say, um, the test case for the rest of the world to follow because there's lots of other countries already discussing using this very technique very shortly, by the way. Also, with this uh, member I mentioned before, the Roy- Royal Society of International Affairs, many times I've mentioned them, who were the first organization to publicly come out uh, as a, a private organization uh, with a charter from the from the royalty to exist, of course. And they uh, were really nefarious in their early days with the Milner Group, which is part of them, they caused wars. They caused the Boer War, actually, and that's in their own archives. They admitted they were behind that, and they blamed it on the Boers. So they take the British troops in there so that, uh, so that London could take over and finance the takeover and pay for it all while the diamond boys and gold boys would loot the country, which they did an awful long, a lot of over many, many years. But anyway... They're still going at it today. It says the EU-US free trade deal is worth 800 million euros. Now, this is your standard stuff is to try to push this free trade. They're always pushing it, actually. I think I've signed it too. And therefore, basically we're locked into another free trade deal. And we won't get, we won't get 800 million euros out of anything at all. If anything, the countries are locked into it now. We'll end up throwing money at the countries in Europe to bail out their banks as well. That means the US is going to do it and Canada too, and other countries. There's no doubt about this. No no doubts. It says the proposed EU's transatlantic trade and investment partnership for free trade agreement could boost the economy by 800 million euros per annum, increase GDP, and help create 4,000 jobs. Now, they they, they gave the same nonsense about when even folk were starting, when they were trying to push joining the euro for countries in Europe to join. The same rubbish, look at the mess they're in today. They've been plundered, plundered by the big corporations. And the bankers, absolutely plundered. And don't forget the Royal Institute for International Affairs were the guys who drafted up the European Agreement for Integration. And their their branch in America, CFR, also drafted up the one for the integration of the Americas. And their their Institute for Pacific Relations branch of the CFR set up the, the amalgamation of the far eastern countries, like Australia, New Zealand and so on, to be under the tutelage of China. So the whole idea was to initially get them together and amalgamate all their laws, by the way, and their money system, and then eventually go towards global government, then they all amalgamate again, once again, under global government, under a super world government. Back with more after this. were back cutting through the matrix and Zygmunt Brzezinski gave a speech about a talk recently to some reporters and says US academic and former statesman Zygmunt Brzezinski has said Western democracies need to create a transatlantic free trade area to remain relevant in world affairs. The 85-year-old who was a US national security advisor at the height of the Cold War who was a geopolitician spoke at the Globsec Globsec GLOBSCC conference in Bratislava on Thursday it says, to an audience of Central European VIPs. He recalled drinking a beer in the Slovak capital with Czech's intellectual Václav Havel shortly after the fall of the Iron Curtain and having a kind of exuberant feeling about the future of Europe and the emergence of the U.S. as a benign superpower. But he said Europe failed to fulfill its promise while the U.S. undid itself by invading Iraq. He says Europe's main problem today is that European Union is a Europe more of banks than of people. Well, I always said that. That was always the goal. It was set up by bankers. The of International Affairs was initially comprised of all top bankers. International moneylenders. They set up this whole world order idea. Enemy anyway, says more of commercial convenience than an emotional commitment of the European peoples, he said. One of them in Europe wanted it. He says he criticized the UK for putting the interests of the city above all else. The city of London, that's a banking square mile there. He said some eastern countries Treat the EU as a piggy bank of subsidies, while complacent and self-indulgent Southern countries mean priority is getting bailouts from the North. In Western Europe today, there's a dearth of historical imagination of global and of global ambition. There's no Churchill, no De Gaulle, no Adenauer current political discourse is dominated by narrow perspectives, he noted, referring to the Europe's post-World War II political giants. Europe's lack of global ambition makes for excessive reliance on America as a security provider and makes the American public more sceptical of Europe, he said. On the U.S. side, he said, the $3 trillion Iraq war is still growing. So never number stopped, you know, because they made sure that it would go on forever, but they'd fund different uh, factions to fight each other forever. The $3 trillion dollar Iraq war hobbled its economy and delegitimized its authority. So just think of the recent UN votes on Palestine status. The Americans organised a worldwide diplomatic effort to prevent it from happening, and out of 190 countries it gained seven supporters, he said. In the context of Asia, and especially China's growing economic and military clout, he said the creation of a new Western trade bloc could help revive EU-US ties and create a new geopolitical equilibrium. Well, this is going to create a bigger hell as we get tax and tax. Of course, that falls into austerity, and you won't have any spending money, all has to go in special fees, taxes, and all the rest of it. So that's where they're actually wanting to go, austerity. He says there's enormous promise in that concept It says it can create additional transatlantic bonds They're off to try to create these bonds It can shape a new balance between the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean regions While at the same time generating in the West a new vitality, more security and greater cohesion He said For his part, Estonian President Tumas Ives, speaking at the same event, Friday shared Brzezinski's concerns. He says, if the US is becoming less interested in Europe in terms of guaranteeing security, it means we have to slap our faces to wake up and say, what are we going to do? There's still a Hobbesian world out there, he said, referring to the 17th century British philosopher Thomas Hobbes and his vision of a dog-eat-dog world. The EU Commissioner for Administrative Affairs, Maros Sevkovic, also placed great hope in the EU US trade deal. He noted that gives the two sides an economic advantage in terms of de facto control of, of glo- global industrial standards. If the Americans and Europeans agree that this is a standard for a given product, then that automatically becomes the world standard. Well, they're also talking about the WTO, World Trade Organization, as well. And they'll decide what gets sold and what doesn't. That actually sends a lot of folk and keeps them out of selling anything at all. That's a big, big con job. But I'll put this article up tonight, too, for those, again, who want to peruse it. And also... Um, from Farage, Nigel Farage, even though he's bought and paid for by the same guys that put all the politicians in, in Britain, they give speeches to their particular club every so often. He, he occasionally says comical things. That's all that the European Parliament is. They have no power, remember. Uh, they don't, uh, a commission at the top that has all the powers and they make the laws. But uh, the, the politicians just argue and have, uh, you know, drama lessons basically for the public to watch. But anyway, it says it says to the, the EU Parliament, it says, you're common criminals, it says. It says, years ago, Maggie Thatcher recognized the truth behind the European project see, he, he said that um, she saw that it was about taking away democracy from nation states and handing that power to largely unaccountable people in one of his most wonderfully vitriolic uh, remonstrations, the fiery Farage Blast Europe's leadership says this European Union is a new communism well, even top ex-communists said that when they came out, remember guys who fought communism too but lived under it, all came out I've mentioned the articles again, they're in the archive section at com who said this years ago, this is the news this is the next part of the Soviet takeover it didn't die away folks it is transformed it was supposed to transform Lenin said that too this is slamming Oli Wren and his troika cohorts for resorting to the level of common criminals and stealing people's money Farage warns rather chillingly that its power without limits is creating a tide of human misery and the sooner it swept away the better Simply put, he concludes, the European Parliament is living out a federal fantasy, which is no longer sustainable, and ain't that the truth. But it won't make any difference. That's nailed down, and that's the way it's going to be. And also, this one about uh, terror drills. They're doing a lot of terror drills, all coinciding, some before what happened at Boston, some the day before, in fact. Uh, and some afterwards, but it says it's really interesting too, this is a time for all these drills, it says that the first simulated test of a terrorist attack on a nuclear power plant was a success Federal officials said Friday an event that was coincidentally scheduled the day after the Boston Marathon bombing on Monday Back with more after this break You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and talking about all the different tests we've got going on, and this one, as I say, it's interesting, the, the nuclear test too, at the, at the nuclear sites uh happened as well, uh just before Boston it says the first simulated test of the terrorist attack nuclear power plant success and says it was scheduled a day after the Boston Marathon bombing Monday. The test location, it was a three mile island outside Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the site of the worst commercial nuclear accident in history. That had no uh, special significance, according to state and federal officials. (laughs) It says the test on Tuesday simulated an attack by by a group of eight armed men, including, according to Peter Hendrick Jr., spokesman for the Federal Emergency Management Agency. In November 2011, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission required the country's 65 nuclear power plants test their preparedness for terrorist attacks every two years. The next 16 months were spent planning the challenge, and the simulation was put to the test for the first time Tuesday at Three Mile Island. They said uh, every challenge presented to the plant's personnel was met, but they wouldn't tell you any more about it. But it says that the test involved more than 1,200 participants in 76 municipalities and 15 school districts. See, you understand how easy it would have been to to, to set that up in a false flag when when you've got 1,200 participants. Who would willingly take part in this? And easy of, any one of them could get set up too, if they'd actually done something real there. This is your, put uh, a false flag when that happens. Well, luckily nothing happened to this one. And, uh, they're saying it's successful. But they're, they're going to do this every two years to every plant. They'll get their, their choice, their chance at it and so on, to show you how good their security is. Also, it says Flowers, give Mr. Flowers names, Ireland is target investment country. Head of the U.S. buyout firm, names Ireland and Spain as his preferred countries for investment. Well, see, he, these, these shysters again are adsets, you know, these, these actually, they're banksters. But um. Here they go again, you see they make big, big bucks at countries that get the credit rating, at, uh, uh, lowered, which means their interest rate in borrowing is much, much higher. So it's great, it's a great thing for, for those who are doing the lensing. And Goldman Sachs, of course, is the guys behind all of this. So basically Goldman Sachs owns Ireland now in Spain. And it says here that um, the head of the U.S. Bio firm J.C. Flowers, which invests in distressed financial institutions, so may, may get a killing out of it. it, says Spain and Ireland are his preferred countries. This is uh, the former Goldman Sachs executive. There's no such thing as former Goldman Sachs, by the way. Uh, they, all, they all get put into very high-profile positions, and they're always working alongside or, or in conjunction with Goldman Sachs. Is interested in investing in firms with about 50 billion uh, euros of assets, he said, in an interview with Manus Cranny on Bloomberg Television. He says, the most interesting for us is maybe Spain, followed by Ireland, he said. Spain has a lot going on here, there as part of the European Union, and that's appealing as an investor. In, in other words... Uh, they're, they're happy when it falls and falls and falls in Ireland because that the, the European Union all had to chip in together all the countries to help bailouts out so they're guaranteed to get the, the bailouts there uh, and which means that the, the money they're lending them to is guaranteed to be paid back with all of its full interest at a much, much higher level now that they're devalued. So Mr. Flower, the sharks make money off all disasters, don't they? Mr. Flowers moved to London from the U.S. last year to to examine investment opportunities in Europe. He previously mooted the idea of buying a stake in Bank of Ireland or allied Irish banks if the government guaranteed on potential further losses. (laughs) Not bad, eh? Not bad. You get taught this stuff in school, do you? You're taught to be a nice little slave and get a good job. Good job when you leave school. Not these guys. These, These guys go to special schools. And also this one, too. I've mentioned before about this awful uh, this is part of modern society as we become dehumanized uh, and uh, we're basically uh, uninterested in, in, in human suffering because we've been so inured to it by all the incredible movies that folk watch and slaughter, slaughter, slaughter etc. But again that was part of the plan to dehumanize us and get us off our pedestal as being a supreme thing on the planet Human beings are not so high after all According to uh, Julian Huxley That's why he said we're going to bring them down And of course then we've got mass abortion going on And he was also part of my, uh, Planned Parenthood too Bill Gates' father, by the way, was one of the founders of it too, I think Anyway, this is Gosnell, this guy Who was the, and the abort, one of the latest abortionists That actually got his so-called clinic checked It was like a horse of horrors and so on and he was killing the babies that came out of the womb after after birth. Anyway, it says um, one of the, the the survivors, the baby abortion survivor, was swimming in the toilet trying to get out. This baby was trying to get out, right? Just, this is your for those women who think it solves, it, it, it's all there's nothing like it's just like getting a wart removed to tell them that's what life is now. You're a little wart, right? In the last day of testimony before the prosecution rests in the murder trial of abortionist Kermit Gosnell, a worker at the Gosnell Clinic testified that she saw one late-term baby who survived an abortion swimming in the toilet and trying to get out. Crema Cross, a medical assistant who worked at Gosnell's Women's Medical Society Clinic for four and a half years, testified in a Philadelphia court today telling of the horrors of babies who survived abortions only have their necks snipped with scissors. She was asked, do you ever see the baby's move? Asked the prosecutor, Joanne Pescator. She says, once in the toilet, she said Cross. The baby was swimming, she said, basically trying to get out. Adrian Morton, an employee at the clinic, then took the baby and snipped the back of his neck while the mother was still in the room. Cross told the jury that when uh, Shaiquana Abrams came into the clinic in July 2008, she was pregnant and she was big This was the largest baby I ever saw, Cross said. When the baby was born alive, Abrams was sleeping. Cross said Dr. Gosnell took the baby boy, which he described as 12 to 18 inches long, and put him inside a plastic container the size of a shoebox. The baby was still breathing, she said. He didn't cut the neck right, right there. The baby was too big for the plastic container, with his arms and legs hanging over the sides. The doctor cut the back of the baby's neck but didn't do suction. Normally Dr. Gosling would do suction to suck the brains out. This is all wonderful stuff, isn't it? This is your modern society. As you get dehumanized and you accept being dehumanized and you'll accept the horror that will come down the pike from big, big powers as is already happening today. You will. You've you've accepted that life is worth nothing. Uh, It's so sad, but this is what happens. And also, Governor Como says Boston bombing is part of the new normal. I coined the phrase years ago, and it's been picked up all over the place. Anyway, it says that Michael Bloomberg may have cancelled his morning reappearance today in response to the ongoing manhunt for the suspect involved Monday's deadly bombing attack. But another top New York official, Governor Andrew Como, scheduled his own radio interview in the Capitol Press Room soon after Mr Como directly assessed the high-profile situation in the base State by employing a phrase he previously used to describe climate change in the aftermath of Sandy Hurricane Sandy as a new normal and it says here it's a terrible situation in Boston and unfortunately one gets a sense that this is more reflective of the new normal if you will, he explained so much of society is changing so rapidly we talk about new normal when it comes to uh, climate change and adjusting to change in the weather patterns even though that's all bunkum now because they're manipulating the weather and they've admitted that for years New normal when it comes to public security in post-9-11 world, where these random acts of violence, which at one time were implausible, now seem all too frequent. Additionally, he said New York police units are on standby and assisting authorities. He noted that he worked with Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick during their shared time in former President Bill Clinton's administration, and so on. And then, we'll go into this article here. It's is interesting how are the big boys at the top get round laws. You understand, laws only apply to the little people, but not the big people. And the Geneva Convention, of course, has a lot of laws there that people are not supposed to break. Countries are not supposed to break, but there's ways to get around it. Now, the G-Force, G-Force is a private organization, a company, massive company. They're into even schooling in some places and prison management and all the rest of it across the world. There's great money in creating a lot of crime, you know. Anyway, it says, how the G-Force helps Israel break the Geneva Convention. And it says, uh, Lisa Nandi calls for the government to take action over G-Force participation in illegal imprisonment. It says, and since 1967, more than 730,000 Palestinian men, women and children are estimated to have been imprisoned by Israeli military courts. The majority of such prisoners are held in detention facilities inside Israel in violation of the Fourth Geneva Convention, which prohibits the transfer of these prisoners into Israel. The practical consequence of this violation is that many prisoners, including children, receive either limited or no family visits due to freedom of movement restrictions. In the case of children, this lack of adequate family contact also violates their rights under Article 37 of the Convention of the Rights of the Child. According to Israeli prison service figures released this June, uh, 85% of uh, Palestinian prisoners, including children, were detained inside Israel. Of 4,706 prisoners, 285 were held in administrative detention without charge or trial. The UK government has confirmed that Israel's policy of detaining Palestinians is contrary to Article 76, of the 4th Geneva Convention, but they've raised this eye with the Israeli government and will continue to do so. In a recent letter, it says Foreign Office Minister Alastair Birch, MP, stated that the FCO is lobbying Israeli authorities for a number of improvements, including a reduction in the number of arrests that occur at night. The offshoot of it is basically, well, you see, these Geneva Conventions apply to governments, not to private corporations, like G-Force. See how they got around it, folks? You know, and they, but they want you all to be law-abiding and obedient citizens. Hmm? Depends who you are, isn't it? And what your status and your power is. Also, the immigration bill that was passed in the U.S., or they're working on, uh, actually, passed, it's the PDFs that I put up yesterday, it uh, said it would actually take three days to read non-stop for one person. Three days to read non-stop. It's 844-page Senate immigration bill, creating a pathway to citizenship for illegal aliens, was introduced overnight Wednesday morning prior to its one and only scheduled hearing Friday morning. But given the average person's reading speed, congressmen would need nearly three full days to read it if they had never stopped to eat, sleep, or do anything else. Given that it takes the average reader a minimum of five minutes to read a page of technical information, a congressman would need 4,220 minutes to read the bill. Divide that by 60 minutes and you get 70.3 hours so will anyone actually read the entire immigration bill prior to the hearing or even before voting on it history says no if you look at some of the previous long important bill bills that congressmen have admitted they didn't read before voting on them now most bills now are omnibus bills nobody reads them and if they did try to read them you need your own lawyer sitting with you and take a hundred times longer as he explains all the little legalities to you that's how. That's why they bring in the lawyers like that And legally speak And so on Also this article too it says, um, it says Kill the poor to balance the budget It says An article responding to the government's This is Australia Planned supercharges targeting the wealthy Has recommended killing off the poorest 20% Of Australians as an alternate way To balance nations budget And this is the statement here it says, a modest cull would strike at the root of her fiscal dilemma, suggested author Toby Ralph in his piece titled Kill the Poor, published on the website of the Liberal Party-aligned think tank Menzies House. As says, Mr. Ralph, a long-time Liberal Party strategist, went on to say that, in contrast to the fabulously rich, the enormously poor make little useful contribution to society. They consume more than they contribute, putting tremendous strain on the national budget. If the least productive 20% of citizens were decommissioned... <laughs> It would dire- directly release a recurrent $25 billion, which would almost cover overspending by the Gillard government between now and September 14th, assuming Mr. Swan maintains his long-term average rate of profligacy. Mr. Ralph's gruesome prescription for balancing the national budget was labelled as a disgraceful rant by Treasurer Wayne Swan, who questioned the wisdom of Menzies House publishing the article, Reports Fairfax. Well, it's not the first one to do it. Uh, Russell and others, uh, uh, who helped design this present system you're living in, uh, went much, much further than that, in fact. And also, again, there's so many greenies now when global warming is abandoning the boat and jumping off at all different points as well. But the latest one is his mother of German uh, Green Weekly's Die Zeit. Uh, shocks readers now cast doubt on global warming. After a foray in a cult, one of the first steps on the path back to reality is the process of deprogramming. Could it be that this step is now being self-administered by the German mainstream media, it appears so. And It says now that the, the global mean temperature curve has drifted out of and below the IPCC's projected range, panics breaking out. The mother of the German Green Weekly's Dezelt appears to be taking measurements at the back of the house in preparation for the installation of a back door. Ramstorff is back there with them, trying to talk them out of it. Leading lefty journalist Harald Martinstein of Dezelt Dezelt a weekly that recently portrayed Mark Morano as a Don Carlione of the North American Climate Dial syndicate has an amusingly satirical essay on the misfortunes of climate science and modelling on the surprises of climate change. All the links are on this page too, and I'll put it up tonight as well. It says, if you can read German, his essays a jewel in irony and humour to behold, effective because few things can a message better than music or humour. So they're really, all the people who have been pushing this for years, they're just jumping ship right now. And also, too, it makes you wonder about this one, too, if this guy's real or getting set up, whatever. But, um, it's to do with the so-called Ryson, uh, letter poster, the Ryson guy. It's a suspect long known for angry online, uh, screeds, it says. And it says, Mississippi man suspected of sending deadly rice in letters to Obama and a senator from his home state is no stranger to local police who have long viewed him as a paranoid conspiracy theorist prone to violence. Well, this, is, this is quite interesting how they, they bring all this paranoid conspiracy theorist stuff. And, cause in other words, you're all potential terrorists and you're crazy. Like this guy. This is Paul Kevin Curtis so sometimes Elvis impersonary and you couldn't get any more farcical than this, could you? who appeared in the Mississippi Federal Court Thursday, denying wrongdoing, has penned numerous rants, accusing the government of hounding him. Many of his screeds have ended with the same line in his letter to Obama uh, reportedly did. It says, I am KC and I approve this message. An affidavit released by the Department of Justice quotes Curtis letters to Obama, Senator Roger Wickham, or Wicker, and uh, it like the Wicker man, right? And a judge is saying, maybe I have your attention now, even if that means someone must die. And it says, Curtis has claimed unknown forces, blew up his car, with his personal relationships, and rigged Elvis impersonation contest. Now, I said years ago, be very careful about the heroes even that they put out for you. They bring on all the new agey stuff. You know, just vibrate more and you can leave this planet. Uh, and all the, the, the ones who are not enlightened are of heavy vibration, all that kind of stuff, or they're walking reptiles. Because they have helped already target... And, and smear the folk who are doing the real work the real, real work That they're, they're on purpose folks and they're well backed, believe you me and promoted and even that last poll they did too on conspiracy theories and so on and they had to uh, they made it sound all ludicrous, all conspiracy theories were ludicrous of course and uh, they mentioned that too, some of them believed that so much of the American population believed that people were walking reptiles around the world well guess where that all started you still think. So this is the latest guy, the ricin guy. As I say too this guy apparently worked as a dry cleaner they got all kind of chemicals there and who knows, as I say, even in normal paper, some papers even have traces of ricin on them even in envelopes Back with more after this Hi folks, we're back cutting for the Matrix. Also tonight, just uh, it's almost tidbits now, isn't it? Little superfluous stuff when big things are happening, but really, are they? Because. When you get signs of disease in society, then they should be taken care of. But, of course, the perversion in Britain is very, very deep, and the ruling uh, oligarchies and so on, especially in BBC, that uh, caters a lot of them. But anyway, and helps to pervert the rest of the society with their PC stuff that they're dishing out there. It's pretty filthy stuff they dish out to change society. But Rolf Harris is the latest uh, so-called star uh, that was arrested for... Uh, sex abuse to children and so on. And, of course, he, he was a kiddie worked, he worked with kiddies on his television shows for many, many, many years, lived in Britain, originally from Australia. And uh, so, anyway, he's a latest one, too. And then it says, too, that the Savile probes alone of course, BBC £10 million, and witnesses were allowed up to £50,000 of legal advice, it says. And it's still coming forward. And then you find that... Um, what they're doing now is, is secret arrest, like initially when they arrested uh, Harris, it was a secret arrest. It says secret arrest fears police seek ban on naming suspects. The plan threatens to turn Britain into a banana republic. And the lawyer representing Jimmy Savile victims said publishing the name of suspects encourages other potential victims to come forward. Plan to keep a secret is being opposed by the Law Commission, the government's own advisor. Well-known celebrities arrested under the investigation into the Savile scandal can't be named while well, this named them? that was Rolf Harris, who's been arrested. So this is a new idea uh, to, to hide the d- d- dirty laundry of Britain and the BBC and to uh, like say that runs uh, Britain. So fears are growing last night that a draconian crackdown on the public's right to know who the police are arresting was close to being finalised. Police chiefs are looking to ban the press and public from being told the identity of a crime suspect who has been arrested. They've actually arrested a few other ones too. The Association of Chief Police Officers is drawing up the plans as it considers implementing a recommendation by Lord Justice Leveson That Levison, again, runs the whole legal system in Britain, in which all police forces would be banned from confirming the names of suspects to journalists. Isn't that wonderful? Now it's secret arrests and they can't tell the public what's going on. And also, too, the U.S. Senate will back Israeli attack on Iran, it says here. Foreign Relations Committee up to the U.S. Senate votes in favor of re- resolution stipulating that U.S. will support Israel in case it was forced to take military action against Iran. So that's a green light in other words. That's a green light as well. And also I mentioned before about PETA, the big animal rights activists that are, that are brokering some labs and so on. And recently they just bought one of these uh, drones for themselves in Australia. Something spy over farmers' lands to try and get them all into trouble. But what's the truth about PETA as well? Who profits off it? They're drawn by way costs of over $10,000, I think, or more. I think it's maybe fourteen. The heartbreaking image that shows the reality of PETA's animal home. You know, they're a charity, you understand. Garbage bags are full of kittens killed by the Animals Rights Group. This is Nathan Winograd, the director of the No Kill Advocacy Centre, claims that PETA has killed nearly 30,000 animals in the last 11 years. Uh, Peter says euthanasia figures are distorted and don't include the nearly 10,000 animals saved well if they killed (laughs) 30,000 but we not have saved 10,000 right everything folks out there is a racket even the news agencies everything else is a racket and your charities too this is the state of humanity today as we go down the tubes Without culture or anything else. I mean, talk about natural culture that works. From Hamish, Ms. to your Canada, it's good night. May your God of your Gods go with you.